welcome to Uncle Monster's Spooky Time Fright Hour, your source for the straight poop on all things supernatural. We're your hosts. My name is Chris Anderson, but if you went to high school with me, you could call me Shibby. And I'm Ethan Sereski. And clean your room and listen to Hank Williams, Elliot Page. It's true. That's what Elliot Page should be doing. Yeah, that's the right thing to do. Instead of starring in my proposed James Bond remake, where <laughs> Elliot Page plays James Bond. Sounds sick as hell. That'd be dope. Uh, so, Ethan. Oh, my God. All right. Well, here's the first problem that I'm going to have with my new idea of using my phone as a camera. Is that Uh-oh. I actually need my phone for late breaking news. <laughs> That's right. It's time for a cryptid affair. It's time for what? A cryptid affair. Now I got it. Ultra rare giant rat that can grow <laughs> as big as a human baby and chew through coconuts photographed <laughs> for the first time. <laughs> this one comes to us from the New York Post. A long mythical type of rat that's able to grow as large as a human baby and with teeth big enough to chop through coconuts has been photographed for the very first time. How big a tooth do you think you need to get through a coconut? Uh, how big a tooth? Yeah, it has teeth big enough to chomp through a coconut. How, I don't. I don't think. I think it, they're sharp. I think they take a lot of little bites. I don't think it's like they're. It's, they I don't huge think they're cracking jaws. coconuts. I right, think they're gnawing yeah. through them. Right. The critically endangered Eromis vica, one of the world's rarest rodents, <laughs> was captured by cameras set up on the remote South Pacific island of Vangunu. In the I Solomon thought it was going to be on a New York subway. Oh, no, no, no. You would think so with the New York Post, but no. It was, in fact, captured on the Pacific island of Vangunu in the Solomon Islands, according to the University of Melbourne. Was that the sequel to Van Wilder? Vangunu, South Pacific Island Adventure. (laughs) Well, that was a quick one, but that was your A Corrupted Affair. I like that one. That was great. I'm glad to hear it. I didn't know there were giant rats that could eat. uh, I don't know if they eat them, but they can certainly gnaw through a coconut. That's impressive to me. It's true. I couldn't do that. You know what it reminds me of? Uh, The Princess Bride, the fire pit. Oh, and or the R-O-U-S's. R-O-U-S. The rodents of unusual size. Right. That's right. Yeah. Oh, I totally forgot the reference. That's what it reminds me. That's what I was picturing when you were talking about it. Well, anyway, uh, Ethan, why don't you tell everybody uh, enough about this giant rat? Tell them about the premise of the show. Well, like all weeks on Uncle Monster's Spooky Time Fright Hour, one of us, Shibble this week, has done extensive research on a ghost, ghoul, goblin, demon, or cryptid of some kind, and the other one of us, me, Ethan, has really not done much of anything. I've been... um, watching the Yukon women's team and men's team. It's been a lot of fun. Go Huskies. But that's, that's neither here nor there uh, because Shibble has done a ton of work to get us ready to learn all about what? You're going to learn about man proposes, God disposes. That is so bizarre. Is it? To me, it sounds like a very normal thing. Now, 
You've never heard of man proposes, God disposes. Am I, of am of I course correct? not. And neither has the audi- audience. That is the actual name. Like uh, Bigfoot is the name of the cryptid that, that looks like uh, George Mirazan. Man proposes, God disposes is the proper name of this cryptid. Correct. Correct, Amundo. <laughs> uh, now, when I say to you, Man proposes, God disposes. And you look inside your mind's eye. As you enter your mind palace, what do you see? Well, I have a couple ideas. I I, I Okay. I, I, I hear man proposes, God disposes, and I'm pretty sure that it's the sign that hangs over the entrance to the least fun summer camp ever. Yeah, I mean, that certainly doesn't sound like the vibe I want. I would want something like make memories, leave footprints. <laughs> I can't wait to do archery. Man proposes, God disposes. Oh, I'll just stay in my bunk. Yeah, yeah, much better bet. I'm sorry. Uh, well, that may or may not be it. Do you have any other guesses? Uh, yes, I think that man proposes, God disposes may have been the original log line for the Bible when they pitched it to the publisher. Okay, very close. That really, been, yeah. I mean, you're getting warmer. Uh, who can say if that's correct or not? But it could be. Now, I'm pretty sure that I have it with my last guess. All right, hit me with the final. Man proposes, God disposes. I, I'm pretty sure that that is the first line of many Mormon people's wedding vows. Okay. Wow. Going hard for a major American religion. Take that. <laughs> uh, well, I don't think any of those are exactly on the money. You're dancing around it, but you're not quite getting there. Well, close, close, but no cigar. It's still, it's better than not being close. It's true. It's better than being 100% completely wrong. <laughs> I can tell you what, uh, what man proposes God disposes is. Perhaps in the form of some narrative fiction? Oh, that's how I learn best. That's going to be amazing. That means... What does that mean? That means that it's story time. It's story time. Story time. It's story time with Uncle Monster. Story time! Story time. It's story time. It's story time with Uncle Monster. Story Story time. time! Well, Margot, old girl, there's light at the end of the tunnel. After four years of matriculation at the Royal Holloway University of London, you're on the verge of getting your bachelor's degree in English history. Just one more exam, and you, Margot Benningsley, shall be a proper English academic. Your father, Lieutenant Kingsley Benningsley of the RAF, instilled in you a love of queen and country from a young age. And though it may be king and country now, your love is unwavering. You eat baked bean on toast for breakfast and eel pie for dinner. Every summer you go see the Blackpool lights and every winter you watch the Doctor Who Christmas special. (laughs) You like your European unions brexited and your rock and roll co-opted from white Americans who co-opted it from black Americans. (laughs) 
you love the endlessly quotable film Monty Python and the Holy Grail, <laughs> and you hate trans people. <laughs> what? You had spent the last four years studying everything you could uh, learn about jolly old England. You would have finished your undergraduate degree last week, but your exam for Queen Elizabeth and the Modern Monarchy was scheduled for St. George's Day. <laughs> You're able to convince Professor Coopersmith for an extension on religious grounds. I worship England, you proclaimed. <laughs> so now you're here in the exam room. The exam room wall is lined with paintings purchased by the college's founder, Sir Thomas Holloway. You pick a desk close to these stunning works of English art, hoping their greatness will inspire greatness in you. Professor Coopersmith looks at the clock on the wall and says, You have 90 minutes, Margot. And your time begins now. He promptly takes a seat at his desk and starts looking at his mobile. You crack the seal on your exam booklet. It has one question. Please explain the impact of television on the British monarchy since its advent. Not a problem. That should not be a problem for you, Margot. That is certainly a question that you could answer quite easily. Not an issue for one like yourself. <laughs> that is, if you could only figure out how to start the bloody thing. Aye, there's the rub, as the bard once said. You take a deep breath and admire the paintings that surround you in an attempt to clear your head. Works of the late 19th century line the wall to your right from crown molding to baseboard, wall to wall. The massive piece immediately beside your desk is roughly three meters long, you'd wager, and is quite striking. You're not sure if you've ever noticed it before, but it's got you now. You put your pencil down and take a moment to admire it. The scene it depicts is really rather gruesome. Two polar bears on opposite side of a fallen ship's mast. Nasty looking fellows. Well, anyway, television. <laughs> television and the British monarchy. No problem. You pick your pencil back up and get down to it. Television is, you write. Those bears, though. Those damnable polar bears. One of them appears to be rending the flesh off of a human ribcage. Ghastly stuff. Television is. Television is. Should it be television was? You erase the is. Television. <laughs> Airs, though. Quite distracting, frankly. Bleak is the word. Imagine dying thousands of kilometers from England in this icy hell. Your frozen corpse a meal for a savage beast. A chill runs down your spine. Television. <laughs> you make sure your name is written on the front of the exam booklet. That is of the utmost importance. Those bloody 
polar bears, a look in their eyes, unbridled bloodlust. This is the type of savagery that the British Empire fought across the globe to bring the light of English civilization, television, these fucking polar bears. What kind of world is this? Where savage savages triumph over God's favorite country, England. A cold, brutal world, as cold as the icy landscape depicted in this painting. Television. Television is? Television was? Fuck! Fuck these bears! They think they're better than me? Better than England? Puppycock! Television! The monarchy! These fucking bears! Ah! You grab the sides of your desk and slam your head downward. The cartilage in your nose is driven straight into your brain, killing you instantly. <laughs> Professor Coopersmith puts down his mobile. Oh, shit. I forgot to cover the bloody painting. If only he had remembered, then you, Margot Benningsley, would not be the latest victim of the evil painting entitled Man Proposes, God Disposes. No way. Way. It's oh, a wow. painting. Wow. Thank you. That First of all, I love the story. Oh, thank you. I had a lot of fun once I came up with the, the hook. Yeah, no, no. It was, I, 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 that was great. But I am so interested. We have not, we've had a haunted car, but we haven't had a cursed painting. No, no, uh, we've had we've had a haunted diamond uh, that was right. probably a uh, our closest precious object curse. But uh, I think you'll find that man proposes, God disposes is a little bit different. I've got a couple of theories that I've come up with that I'm really excited to get into them and share them with you. Is that the the painting you described? That it's of polar bears um, ripping apart a rib cage. Uh, yes, yes. Uh, well, let's let's get into it. It is an 1864 painting by Edwin Henry Landseer. And that backwards is Satan. Yes, it sounds a lot shorter going forwards. <laughs> uh, it is said uh, to drive viewers mad and even to suicide. <laughs> now, if you were just, and listeners, if you're not driving, you're someplace uh, safe, now's a good time. If you want to Google uh, man proposes, God disposes, it will bring up the painting. You, you want them you to commit suicide, just not while they're driving? <laughs> Well, I mean, I think part of, you'll see, I think part of it is you have to see it in person because uh, I looked at the painting quite a bit for my research oh, and was shit. not driven mad. Yeah. Near as I can tell, any more than usual. <laughs> Seem fine to me. Well, Ethan, just, just Google it real quick so you can take a look at it. As I just Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, this was a, a secret you held from me. I, I mean, I, I, this is nuts, a painting. Yeah, I told you the name, but I was very insistent that I would reveal no more, as is my want. Let's see here. Uh, but this is a three foot by eight foot painting. If this kills me looking at it, I'll be so angry. I mean, it would be a great final episode, though. It would be. <laughs> what a way to wrap things up. Yeah. Oh, I see it. It It's spooky and super weird. Like, is so that it, a wolf? Is that, are there two bears or is there a bear and a wolf? No, this depicts a pair of polar bears on a glacier adrift in an icy sea. The yellow-tinged polar bears stand out boldly against the predominantly blue, gray, and green backdrop. One polar bear tears a red civilian naval flag off of a fallen ship's mast, a telescope laying in the snow behind him. 
The other pair greedily tears the flesh off of a human ribcage. Yeah, no. If I was going to pick a haunted painting, this this would be in the running. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely very intense, very memorable. It's a really good painting. Yeah, no. and I, I mean, that's the other thing is, is, like, I would, I mean, it's cursed. But if it wasn't, I mean, I would hang it. Well, uh, before we get into uh, the cursed nature and the history of man proposes, God disposes, I was curious if you had any facts for me this week. Well, of course. We have Layla Presents Godly Facts. Layla Presents Godly Facts. Number one, Loki from Scandinavia. Oh, classic Marvel Comics Loki. Yes, he's from Marvel Comics originally. That that is correct. Uh, created by the great Stan Lee, wall crawlers. Loki, a creation of Stan Lee, can shapeshift, but his mm. weirdest moment occurred when he made a bet with a giant who had been employed to build a wall for the gods. The giant was offered the goddess Freya as a reward. That's not cool. Mm. If he could complete the wall in time. However, the giant hauled the bricks much faster than Loki expected. Faced with losing the bet and being killed by his fellow gods for, for giving away Freya, Loki transformed himself into a mare and had sex with the giant's horse. Sick. This, this led to Loki giving birth to an eight-legged spider horse. With his stallion occupied by Loki, the giant lost the bet and was killed by Thor. Oh, jeez. Then, you know, that guy was just there trying to build a wall and he got sucked into all this drama. I know, seriously. He was just, I mean, hourly worker doing a good job and all of a sudden, you know, some some gods fucking his horse and, and having eight-legged uh, spider horse babies. And I believe that eight-legged horse ended up being Odin's horse, uh, Sleipnir. Oh, wow, that's cool. I didn't, I don't, I don't know much about North, Norse uh, mythology. That's good. It's uh, too much. Knowing too much about Norse mythology is a sign of being a white supremacist. Yeah, yeah. When you know the the runes. Yeah, when you got the <laughs> Thor's hammer uh, necklace. <laughs> <laughs> Number two, Chinamasta from Nepal. Hmm. This goddess of self sacrifice and sexual restraint cuts off her own head and enjoys parading around with it while blood spurts from her open neck. Furthermore. Her own severed head and two of her attendants drink the spurting blood as it comes out of her. Wow. That is one freaky chick. Yeah, Chinamasa rules. Number three, Pan from Greece. Mm. Pan has the hind legs and horns of a goat and is one of the oldest Greek deities. However, he is also a fertility symbol with a ravenous sexual appetite. Legend claims that Pan was born out of all the dirty sex between Odysseus's lonely wife and her 108 suitors. So like a Freddy Krueger uh, backstory. Yeah, I guess if her 108 suitors were all maniacs. Yeah, men are crazy. Accordingly, Pan would attempt to copulate with anything that moved, including goddesses, nymphs, women, men, and animals. Yeah, he's Even a party more, boy. Yeah, listen, the guy knows how to have a good time. Even more bizarre is Pan's ability to duplicate himself into a swarm of Pans. Mm. And then have more sex. <laughs> yeah. Do you think he ever just does that for himself? Just like, yeah, I'm just going to have a Pan orgy tonight. Yeah, yeah. I'm just going to, uh, a masturbatory orgy. That'd be, I mean, listen. Hey, I'd, I mean. I'd do me. Yeah. I mean, I figure if you got that ability in the back pocket and you really are, as they say, a pansexual, <laughs> now's the time. 
How weirded out would you be if you walked into my room and you're like, hey, Ethan, are we going to do... And, and all of a sudden, there were six of me fucking each other? I'd be like, oh, I'll be back. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, fellas. One of the Ethans would be like, shut the door. <laughs> no, I'm shutting it. <laughs> I bet. <laughs> you don't need to tell me. <laughs> now, back to man proposes, God disposes. All right. Now, this haunting image is said to wind its way into the minds of viewers almost hypnotically and drive them mad. Now, the painting is kept at the Royal Holloway University of London after being bought by Thomas Holloway, the college's founder, for his private collection in 1881 for roughly six and a half thousand pounds. What's that in today's money? No idea. <laughs> you want to get you want to do uh inflation from 1881 pounds to i'd say 7.5 million dollars. uh i'm gonna say since it was by a living artist uh oh. i'm not gonna think that it's gonna be that much that's a good point um it currently hangs in an exam hall in the college <laughs> where it has historically manifested adverse effects on onlookers Uh, The oldest case goes back to pre-war England. Uh, There was a student seated next to Man Proposes, God Disposes, and she drove a pencil into her own eyeball and into her brain, killing herself instantly. Really? Before she did, she scrawled in her exam booklet, The Polar Bears Made Me Do It. Oh, come on. That's right. That hit me. It happened. Scary stuff, eh? It's very scary. Is that a real? That's a real story. Someone really died. That's what my research shows. Amazing. Now, uh, this ended up understandably uh, giving the painting kind of a nasty reputation. (laughs) Wait, just because it made someone drive a pencil through their eye? That's so unfair. Yeah, yeah. I mean... If it made two people drive pencils through their eyes, or one person drive it through two eyes. <laughs> but right now, this seems like a, a standalone incident. Yeah. Now, uh, since then, students seated next to the painting would consistently fail their exams, <laughs> uh, describing it as sort of pulling their attention away, and then they'd have to concentrate really hard not to think about it, and then that concentration would end up like that would be just as distracting. Uh. Some eventually, uh, some people, uh, students were allegedly driven mad. You really have to grade on a curve when you have a, a cursed painting in the in the actual exam hall. It's true. You need to keep track of uh, that seating arrangement and bump them up a letter grade, like uh, based on where how far they are from. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Radiating out. Totally. Now. Uh, in the 1970s, a student was going to be seated next to a man proposes God disposes, but she knew what was up and uh, she refused. Uh, so the exam proctor trying to just get on with his fucking day. Uh, eventually he, he ran out and then he grabbed a uh, union Jack and he used that to cover the painting. And uh, the student agreed. And since then the painting has been covered during every exam taken in that exam room in the college. I thought you were going to say they covered it and the student agreed and then stabbed their own eyes out anyway. No, no, no. Fortunately not. (laughs) Surprise, the Union Jack isn't magic. 
No, they've they they figured out a way to it 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 apparently does need you to be looking upon it in order to have its ill effect. It's not just a radiating evil. It reminds me of the mirror from Oculus. Oh, you've mentioned that one before, but I still haven't seen it. Oh, it's really good. Uh, evil cursed mirror, much like this. And if you look upon it, it plays tricks with your mind and you kill yourself. Ah, boy, I would not look at that mirror. That's that's my advice to listeners. <laughs> yeah. But you had me look at the painting. Well, the painting. No, I looked at the painting, so I figured you're going to be just as cursed as I am. That's it's true. Only we'll, fair. we'll be cursed together. That's yeah. True. And if we're together, how bad can that curse? Oh, that's true. Isn't that adorable? You know what else is adorable is our brand new segment this season. Everyone's favorite. Come and date Ethan. Ethan, let's just make that the theme song to the to the show. Just change yeah. the title. No, no, just make that the theme song. Keep the same title. Fair enough. We are thinking about uh, ending this uh, segment with the end of this season, and I think we only have one more episode after this this season, other than the Kumite. So I guess two more episodes. I think this is the isn't this the sixteenth episode of the season? This might be sixteen. Listeners, check the episode number. By the time I've uploaded it, I will know which episode this is. (laughs) Exciting. Next episode, tune in for what may or may not be the Kumite. (laughs) Uh, But, in any case, the segment is going to be winding down. So, I just wanted you to take a look back at uh, the progress that you've made (laughs) since you've uh, broken up with your ex and started your, your new life as a single fella. Where do you think we're at? How do you, how are you feeling? I think mentally I'm fine. I like I'm in the right place. Uh, I'm feeling good about my game. I'm feeling more normal about talking to ladies. Uh, but I, I haven't, you know, attempted to talk to many ladies or, or gone many places. So that's, mm-hmm. I'll be looking to find more opportunity to employ that, 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 uh, rapier wit. <laughs> I love it. Uh, listeners, I, we will let you know if there are any special updates. If anything momentous does happen, obviously we're going to keep you in the loop. How about but, a hooker? Would you, I mean, a sex worker, would you ever, I, I, I think I'd be too embarrassed, but like, would you ever try that? I don't think so. I feel like intimacy is a big part of what I'm looking for in sex, and I don't know if I'd be open to intimacy in that sort of situation. Do you know what I mean? 
I think the other person actually wanting to be a part of the act is a big part of it for me, so that's why I couldn't do it. Which is not to say that there aren't professional sex workers that don't enjoy their work. That's true. But, you know. Well, they don't, I mean, they don't enjoy it enough to be like, no, you keep the money. <laughs> no, I mean, hey, I don't know anybody that likes their job that much. Nobody yeah, shows true. up on Friday and says, keep it. <laughs> My God, I've been doing customer service all week, and I just thank you for the opportunity. I can't, I can't accept this. Yeah, no, come on, that's not, that's not what's up either. That's true. I agree. That said, I'm not probably never going to have a need or opportunity to explore uh, the type of sex work that involves hooking. I would guess you would call it prostitution. I don't think I would ever need to employ the services of a prostitute. No, it'd be it'd be way too awkward. That's, Although uh, an ex, well, mostly and I, because I'm married, I don't need to. Oh yeah, you, you totally can't. I had an ex who we we picked up a hooker once and just played um, Scrabble with them when I lived in L.A. Oh, that sounds fun. Yeah, and we thought we thought I mean we we just thought it would be fun, and it was really awkward. <laughs> I bet it was. I bet. You know, if someone came into my place of work and said, hey, I want to hire you. But guess what? Now we're playing Scrabble. <laughs> well, I mean, isn't it preferable to. Well, no, I guess you don't know the individual sex worker. So, I mean, she might have wanted to. Yeah. And, and she was like, is this like, you know, now? Or, and we were like, no, it's your turn. Yeah. I mean, and also, yeah, it sounds like you were like you could have been. Did you say up front, be like, we don't want to have sex with you. We just yes, want to play we said that. Yeah, it was not a surprise. Okay, so we wouldn't we wouldn't trick someone. I mean, we paid her for her time, but it was more like yeah. let's just do this today. Yeah, yeah, got it. So, and then also just sort of, you know, you're always. I think when you're doing illegal sex work. You've got your head on a swivel. You know what I mean? Yeah, that sounds like you're going to get murdered. You don't like surprises. <laughs> Take off your clothes, Ethan. No, here's a Scrabble board. To just, I, I would run. Yeah, like, no, no. This is this is not my job. Go I find smell a Scrabble murder. player. <laughs> I'm going to, you're going to challenge a word that I put down. And if it's not real, then you're going to cut my fingers off. <laughs> We didn't do that, <laughs> but but that it would have been a funnier story but though. LAPD, do not look into it. Yeah, uh, seriously. But uh, so so so, if there are any updates, we'll keep you posted. Oh, and I guess last question: if if this is the last time we're doing this segment, yes, listeners would want an update. Any new uh, any new interactions with Diane? No, no, uh, didn't save her number. And haven't happened upon her outside, and and haven't tried to, uh, because that would be weird. Well, fair enough. And you've been having a rough week. I, you know what? I have. I've been. I've, I've had. Some, I've had some anxiety issues this week, so I've had not been in the mood for romance. It's true, and yeah, you don't want to, uh, you know, force it. You no. got to do it when you're feeling good about it. Now, you might be wondering, why is this painting like this? Why is it doing this? How did it get to be so accursed? Man proposes, God disposes. Are you frozen? No, I'm. I'm. I'm like enraptured with what I like. I find this to be one of the most interesting topics um, that we've ever had. Like it's a it's a haunted painting. It's awesome. It, well, it's my theory that it is in fact not haunted. There's no ghost here. Oh, a curse. I apologize. This is 
This, I believe, and you'll come to see why. Well, I'll continue. But it's going to be something that's going to uh, open your mind to a new realm of possibilities. Awesome. So, one's first inclination might to blame uh, the artist, Edwin Landseer. Satan. <laughs> uh, yeah, a.k.a. Satan backwards, Mr. Lewis Cipher. Uh <laughs> You might think that maybe he's some sort of warlock or an necromancer or a devil walking the earth. But uh, no, uh, Lan- Lanceer has no history of producing other cursed artwork. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's not as special to No, he doesn't. It's not like everybody's like, oh, no wonder it's a Landseer. If you go see his painting, God Hates You, it will definitely make you want to rip your uh, eyes out. If you're good, ships, if you're going to get a painting, like a cursed painting, it better be a Landseer. Yeah, I mean... Anybody in the curse game will tell you. <laughs> Make mine Landseer. Yeah. Uh, he was uh, widely loved and respected in his native England. He was mostly known for his paintings of dogs and horses. He was that kind of guy. A guy that would just paint a rich guy's horse. But oh, yeah. he would do it like as good as anybody. Oh, so he was talented, but he's just looking for that for that uh, Lucini. I mean, he he knew what side his bread was buttered on. Yes. The pet uh, side, the not the, the haunted pet paintings, <laughs> and it's not like he wasn't turning out like good work, like we say, like it just to modern eyes, you know, you really can't go back to like, wow, look at how good that guy painted a horse, and yeah. have it be like cool because we have cameras now. No, but the guys, the guys, obviously extremely talented. Yes, absolutely. His most famous work is actually sculptural. He also did sculpture. Uh, he did, you know, Nelson's column in Trafalgar Square? No. It's this large uh, stone column, and sitting at the top <laughs> is a brass sculpture of Admiral Nelson. And it's in the middle of Tra- Trafalgar Square, a big park in London. Right. And at the base of it, there are four lions facing in, uh, you know, each, like, north, south, east, west. And he sculpted the four lions. That's oh. his most famous work. When he died... Uh, his death was mourned across England and fans lined the streets of London for his funeral procession. Are you sure they're lions and not just badly sculpted polar bears? I'm pretty sure he had, because I did research into the lions. I did research into the lions. That's awesome. Uh, and it turns out that part of the, uh, process was he had to get someone to take a cast of an actual lion. (laughs) That, that doesn't sound like what you need to do to do that. Well, that's what he did. <laughs> He's that's it, it, how brave of him to li- find someone else to do it. <laughs> yeah, some he found there was like a dead lion, I think, in Rome. And oh, like, dead lion. Okay. Take a cat. Yeah, yeah. No, they didn't like drug a lion and put straws in its nose, and then that's what I was picturing. Thing. You know, yeah. <laughs> no, that's not what happened. Like he was gonna star in Nightmare on Elm Street three, a lion. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, I don't think it was Landseer's fault. Here's my theory. Mm-hmm. The subject matter uh, uh, is uh, the shipwreck the depict- that's depicted in the painting is one of the two ships that were sent on Sir John Franklin's doomed attempt to find the Northwest Passage. That we know. <gasps> Can I tell you something? Tell me. My grandfather, Monroe Sereski was on the first uh, passenger ship to the Northwest Passage. Oh, the first passenger ship. 
Yeah, well, I think there probably had been military ships, but he was one of the first. He was the first on the first set of civilians to visit the Northwest Passage. Well, at this point, there was no Northwest Passage. Oh, it was completely frozen over. Could you be any less interested than my grandpa? <laughs> I mean, I, do you have more? Are there more details about Monroe? He was hung like a like a mule. Well, yeah, that would have come up organically. Obviously, I was going to ask you what's it. What's his dick do though? <laughs> Well, I was trying to make it exciting because you didn't care. What kind care of thing was he packing? <laughs> he didn't care about his Northwest Passage, so I had to go into another attribute. No, tell me all about his trip to the Northwest Passage or <laughs> the passenger ship. Well, they got boarded by the Russian military. Uh-huh. <laughs> My grandma was there. Uh-huh. They were. They had these orange coats. <laughs> you know what? You make an excellent point. There, there was really not much more there. Now, uh, <laughs> now there... <laughs> Sir John Franklin and his ships, he took two ships, the HMS Erebus and the HMS Terror. Terror? Yes, the HMS Terror. That's awesome. Yeah, it's a great name for a boat. And there is a great uh, miniseries inspired by his uh, travel across to, to called the Terror, uh, where it ends up like combining it with a uh, monster movie. It That's says cool. that they got killed by a monster. What actually happened was that uh, pretty much all of them starved and froze to death. <laughs> uh, five men were rescued early on, but the remaining 129 decided to try and stick it out, hoping that a thaw would allow them to continue their journey. It did not. <laughs> um, would, you them... rather, would you rather starve to death or be eaten by a polar bear? Ooh, starving to death would take so long, but I feel like being eaten... Well, I'm, hopefully the polar bear while attacking me would like give, do some sort of concussive force or break my spine something right. to cause me lose consciousness that that would be the hope i agree yeah now uh, all 129 died in that frozen wasteland <laughs> uh, some of them died on the ship some of them died trying to hike south to civilization but of course it was over 250 miles and by that <laughs> point they were already dying of scurvy Hey, let's head back. <laughs> uh, they died of exposure, starvation, and scurvy. Some resorted to cannibalism, but the cannibalism didn't save them. Would you eat someone who had scurvy? I mean, if I hadn't eaten anything in a month, I'd eat damn near anything. That's a good point. Uh, and it's not like scurvy is like a rotting disease. It's a malnutrition. Right, it's like gout. Yeah. Uh, now, by any measure... I think you could say this expedition was a success. It was a, it was a little bit of a, <laughs> I hate to do it to the crews of the Erebus and the terror, but I've got to, it was a monumental failure. Yeah. It was not just a failure for the men on board, but for the British empire as a whole, uh, critics have read man proposes God disposes as a commentary on the waning British empire. Also, uh, uh, Sir Franklin, was it Franklin? Uh, yeah, Sir John Franklin's widow was invited to the uh, uh, premiere of this painting, and she refused to show up, saying that it was uh, ghastly and uh, morbid and terrible. Smart lady. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Is so, she still alive? No, no, I don't think she is uh, 180 years old. Well, the painting might have killed her anyway, see? Yeah, it's true. Might have still gotten her. 
Critics have read Man Proposes, God Disposes as a commentary on the waning British Empire. Uh, the Empire at this point is now sort of collapsing on a level that is comparable to dying thousands of miles away from home, freezing to death on an icy hell where your corpse will be devoured by wild animals. This painting is about society, right? Gotcha. And the psychic weight of the collective collapse of the British Empire is channeled through this painting, right? That's the power? Yes, Landseer tapped into the collective subconscious of Britain, and now onlookers can feel that powerful negativity and failure come out. This is why it mostly just causes people to fail tests. But if because of just that overwhelming like fetish of failure coming through it. Wait, are you are you implying That's that my theory? Are you implying that man dispose uh, man proposes God disposes is like a real life Lord Vigo? Uh, kind of, but without the, it, it's more like the slime. I would. Well, say. Well, that's what I mean because the slime came. From, that's what I was referencing. Yeah, it it is it is charged, but instead of being charged with positive or negative emotions, it's charged just with failure. Oh wow! I bet and my dad maybe, thinks I've I've looked at that painting a lot of times. <laughs> Hey, we've all looked at it now and then. <laughs> and maybe that's why, right, uh, like someone that's more sensitive to these sort of psychic emanations, like the gal that stabbed her own eyeball out, might be driven to something like that. And why some people might be driven mad, like it would have different effects on different people based on how psychically sensitive they are. And also how, you know, their own experience, because, I mean, I would think that you'd be more susceptible to uh, God disposes if you had experienced failure or had a fear of failure, I would mm -hmm. think it would be more effective in making you stab your eyes out. Yeah, put you in that vulnerable state. Not unlike uh, the fear felt by people in paranormal activity, <laughs> which we're currently covering on the Patreon. Listeners, check out patreon.com slash unclemonster6 for our exciting new miniseries Paranormal Shactivity. <laughs> featuring Mika. Yes, everyone's favorite piece of human garbage, <laughs> Mika. Now, uh, back to Man Proposes, God Disposes. Yeah, so what do you think of my theory? That that last part is my theory. Oh, I, I think I, it's genius. Say, they do that, still that, cover the painting up to this day. I, I, I think it's genius. I, I think that the, the idea of the collective failure and disappointment and all the negative emotion and energy being channeled into one piece of art would be super powerful. And I, I would think that it would affect everyone differently. I think it that especially it, affects British people. Oh yeah. I mean, but, but then again, so I mean, distinctly British and it's in their blood. <laughs> but I mean, I, if, if you had a deep fear of failure, I could see that worming its way in your head, whether you were British or not. I mean, Absolutely. I, I, I don't think it's purely a British terror. I, I would, I, I'm telling you, honestly, I don't want to. I I wouldn't want to see this thing in person. Like I wouldn't. Look, yeah, I, I don't. I don't think it's worth it. It's not because what's the what's the best thing that happens? Nothing. <laughs> maybe uh, maybe I react kind of like this.
fuck put that together? Ah, it's a genius. That is fantastic. <laughs> the same guy who painted it. Ah, yeah, that was Landseer. That was Landseer working in early recordings. Yeah, that's what music was like back then. <laughs> that was a that was a hit song in the eighteen eighties. Well, well, do you have any more facts for me, Ethan? As we... I certainly have some more. Layla presents godly facts. Why don't you hit me up with those? Layla presents godly facts. Number four. Cronus, from Greece. Cronus was the leader of the Titans, a pantheon of Greek gods that came before Zeus and uh, his peers. The gods Uranus and Gaia were his parents. Mm. When Uranus hid some of Gaia's children, because why not, Gaia asked her remaining children to castrate Uranus. The psychotic Cronus stepped up to perform the deed. He was like, "That's, that's all me. I like to castrate. I'm on it, Mom. (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> mommy, hand me a scissor. He scythed, scythed, not even, he scythed off his father's genitals and threw them into the sea mm. where they bubbled up and spawned the goddess Aphrodite. So Aphrodite is sort of like an ancient Greek grunch. Uh, yeah, in a, yeah, in a way, yeah. Yeah, that's that she was Greek created grunch. from the penis of um, Uranus. Well, Wait, is, yeah, I guess castration, castration isn't balls. It says he scythed off his father's genitals. Okay, so that could be the whole thing. Yeah, that's everything. That could be stem and berries. Yeah, I I think so. That could be chucking balls. Yep, under whole undercarriage. So long, Kronos' cock and testicles. Number five, Sheila Nagig from the British Isles. Okay. Sheila Nagigs literally means the old hag of the breasts. <laughs> okay. The name refers to a number of stone figurines from Ireland and Britain that depict a woman with an exposed and exaggerated vulva. Uh, popular myths claim she was a lustful pagan goddess who threw herself at men by showing them her lady parts. Most men rejected uh, the old hag. When one occasionally accepted, however... Sheila Nagigs transformed into the most beautiful woman and granted kingship to the lucky man. Boy, just shows to go you shouldn't judge a book by its cover. I have a different theory about those statues, though. Oh, go ahead. I don't think they're even depicting the same thing at all. I think they're just pornography. (laughs) That's a good point. (laughs) I like old pornography, like statues with big penises and stuff. I think they're hilarious. Yeah, it's great stuff. Number six, Isis. From Mm. Egypt. This Egyptian goddess of nature married her own brother, Osiris, who was lord of the underworld. He he was also in uh, Sesame at at the museum. Small world. Osiris warred with their older brother Set, leading to Osiris being killed and 14 pieces of his body being scattered across Egypt. The grief stricken Isis scoured the country to retrieve the pieces, but there was one piece she couldn't find. Apparently, Osiris's penis had been swallowed by a fish. All right, that's two missing penis stories. Yeah, that's I didn't what even we call realize. The twofer. Yeah, yeah, that's a two for Tuesday. And uh, now we are up to number six. That was the second set of uh, Layla Presents Godly Facts. Wow. Let me tell you, those facts are pretty crazy. Almost as crazy as the painting Man Proposes, God Disposes. But. 
Can it love? <laughs> A werewolf ain't my dad, but it's not so bad. It might sound crazy, but can it love? Can it give me a kiss? Can it hold my hand? Would it say I love you? Does it understand? Does it know that I've never felt this way before? There's a full moon tonight. It's so romantic. And this might sound crazy, but can it love? Can it love? Well, what do you think, Big E? Can it love? <laughs> it's, it's a fucking haunted, I mean, cursed painting. Um, okay. It's a psychic fetish. Psychic fetish. I'm going to go with no. I'm with I, you. I see, I see no evidence that it has any sentient thought. Yeah, no, I, I believe that this is, strictly speaking, an item. And therefore, <laughs> is not capable of uh, love. This is an object. <laughs> it can love you no more than a toaster or a robot. Wait, what about a choreo sex doll? Nope. It can only say that it loves you, but never believe it. <laughs> Google that, everyone. Yeah. Check out our YouTube channel at Uncle Monster Podcast. Now, uh, what would your dream first date be with Man Proposes, God Disposes? Um, at an auction house with mm. me in the audience and it being sold. That's fair. That's fair. I'm going to take it down to the English shore in the <laughs> summertime. Get some uh, frozen lollies, they call them over there. Maybe I knew a- we'd be on the same page on the date. <laughs> yeah, get a Cornetto, maybe. <laughs> And, you know, just try and chase some of the chill out of those bones. (laughs) You're saying it's frigid and you can warm it. Well, I don't know. What do you think? Can it fuck? That sounds crazy, but can it fuck? You know. You want to fuck a painting? I, okay. Okay, the question was, can the painting fuck? I go, well, and you go, hey, you want to fuck paintings? You want to fuck You know what? Yes, I want to fuck the painting. I, I, so, yes, it can, it, can, it can fuck because I want to fuck it. There, All there right. you go. Fair enough. You heard it here first. Ethan is a big, weird pervert. A painting fucker, if you will. Do not let him near your family portraits. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm going to say that it cannot fuck. Why do you say that? Uh, once again, it has no will. Uh, it's an I, item. It, yeah, it is a. Uh, it is something that you could put in your inventory. It is <laughs> not. Uh, it is not a thing that fucks, in my opinion. Is that a saying? I mean, it certainly fucks with you, but uh, it does not indeed fuck. Put it in your inventory. That sounded yeah, hot. I'll, I'll put you in my inventory. Yeah, how about that? Uh, how many slots are you going to take up? <laughs> it's fight night.
fight. Welcome to Fight Night. In this corner, we have the cursed painting, mm. Man Proposes, God Disposes. And in the other corner, we have seven foot one, 349 and a third pound, Shaquille O'Neal. Hey, it's the big man. They <laughs> call him the Kung Fu Diesel. That's right. Now, how, hmm. The tough part for me here is this is either going to be one shack or infinite shacks. One shack. He's never failed. Uh, well, you know, he's, I bet he's lost a couple games. He doesn't have 12 rings or how many times he's been. And I think a professional athlete has to be as more afraid of failure than anyone. I think that fear of failure has to be part of what drives them. Oh, you're right. This is prime Shaq, so he's still playing. I was thinking retired Shaq because he no, he, he I doesn't mean, he's have secure. anything to prove. Yeah. Right. That's what I, that was my point. Okay, so so that young Shaq who in the back of his head is like, what if what if I'm just not good enough for the league? Yeah. What if you're just all size, no talent? What if I'm just a big goofy seven footer? Yeah. Are is it all just hype? What if I'm just a heavy set Sean Bradley? Yeah, what if you're just a heavy-set Sean Bradley? <laughs> Sports fans, you're welcome. <laughs> so, uh, you got to think, if that's the case, maybe the painting gets in his head. Wow. Maybe, no matter how many there come, how many comes for him, more, they'll all just, as soon as they get in, grab a pencil and drive it into their own eyeballs. <laughs> and I imagine what you see, a pile of shacks in front of it, that's got to up your field of failure even more. So, I, like I say, it's either one or no amount of shacks will ever do it. Disagreed. I think All it's right. two. Tell, I, walk me through it. Yeah, okay. The first shack approaches the painting and begins to doubt himself and says, you know, something like, I was a number one draft pick, but what if I should have been the number 23 draft pick? And then, you know, he starts to freak out and the painting takes a hold. Then the second shack goes, Shaq. You're the best basketball player who ever lived, and you're handsome, and you're good to people. You don't have to worry about this painting. And then the first Shaq will realize that, oh, my God, he's right. I'm Shaquille O'Neal. I have a heart the size of a house, and he will just rip through that painting and save all the people. You know, he'll want to save the people who might look on it in the future because Shaq's a hero. It's true. That actually makes a lot of sense to me. I was not thinking that the Shaqs would be greater than the sum of their parts. Mm. Or should I say, greater than the sum of their hearts. Two stacks, take it. <laughs> Number two, we have Man Proposes, God Disposes versus Buffalo Billabong, pro skater and serial killer. Okay. Okay, so he's obviously cutting off women's skin to make a pair of oversized jeans. <laughs> to, make, to make flesh jinkos. Yes. Uh, yeah. I'm going to make the nicest Jinkos you've ever seen. <laughs> that was not a good one. Would you rollerblade with me? <laughs> I'd rollerblade with me. <laughs> oh, that's so scary. Oh, is she a great big fat person? <gasps> oh, God. Uh, yeah, I'm going to put uh, this one. That, that guy was obviously, uh, well, his mind seemed so warped 
he seems very open to evil influences. I think the psychic damage of man proposes, God disposes would affect him almost more than anybody. So I'm going to put this one on the painting. You're correct. Number three, man proposes, God disposes verse Annabelle and Chucky, but they are a little awkward because of the sexual tension. Okay. Yeah. Everybody keeps on telling them they should get together. And Chucky, obviously he's married, but let's face it. He's not above fooling around. Yeah. I don't think I'm telling stories about Chucky. Uh, not out of school. No, no he's friend evil. of the friend of the show. Friend of the show. <laughs> uh, yeah. And Annabelle, I'm not as familiar with haunted. There's a ghost in that doll. A demon. Uh, a demon. Oh yeah. It's yeah. never a ghost anymore. It's a no. Demon. No, it can't be. It, it you was thought not it was human. a. It's a double ghost. <laughs> uh, a demon is a double ghost. I like that. Yeah, I'm gonna. Uh, I'm gonna put this one on uh, Chucky and Annabelle. Yeah, I don't think they'd be affected by evil. No, they're very I think determined. They're, yeah, and they're also evil. So I think more evil would just make them happy. Um, we have man proposes, God disposes. Verse the Tridads, three Chinese gangsters who also are writing a parenting book. Okay. Well, you got to be uh, tough to live in the world of crime, and you got to be tough if you want to be a good dad sometimes. That's right. But you also have to be fair. Uh, so I'm going to put this one on the Tridads. <laughs> Is it tough but fair? Man proposes, God disposes, versus the Dark Tower gunslinger with a numb finger who pulls the trigger, but the bullets linger. All right. Well, those lingering bullets aren't going to do him any good. Mm-mm. He's going to really want them moving forward at bullet speed. I'm going to have to put this one on the gunslinger. He's seen some pretty tough stuff, I imagine, in that Dark Tower series. He's seen that tower. He's seen how dark it is. <laughs> it's tall. He's, it's, uh, he, uh, he has seen his guns that he slangs. <laughs> So, yeah, I'm going to put this one on the gunslinger. Man proposes, God disposes, versus O.J. Simpson, and the painting is returning O.J.'s new blonde girlfriend's Apple Watch. She left it in London. Hmm. Well. I got confused by that story halfway through. I'm going to put this one on the painting. O.J. Simpson seems especially vulnerable to psychic damage. Yeah, because he's a dummy. Because and... he's been incarcerated as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, mostly he's just crazy. Um, last but not least, Shibby, you ready? Man proposes, yeah. God disposes, versus the 10 youngest child soldiers in Western Africa. All right. Boy, I imagine being the youngest child soldiers has got to be living a life of constant fear and terror. So uh, I'm going to uh, put this one on the painting. I think they are probably the most psychologically damaged people you could have thought of. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's true. I didn't think about that when I was writing that. That's Well, I didn't know it was a cursed painting either. So, you know, no, you, you get no, what you no, get. No, you can't blame Ethan for wanting to make jokes about traumatized children. Right. Yeah, that's my point. Yeah, who knows that it would have ended up poorly. Who could have foreseen? Yeah, seriously. Thank you for defending me. <laughs> no, there's no way there's no way to know. He's not a psychic. Yeah. Not like our psychic painting. 
Ethan, do you have any more Layla presents Godly Fan? Number seven, Dionysus from Greece. When Dionysus was once offended by King Ly- Lycurgus, mm, Lycurgus. Uh, he convinced Lycurgus that his son was a patch of ivy that needed to be pruned. Lycurgus obliged, uh, killing his son by cutting off his nose, ears, fingers, and toes. Dionysus then told the population that their famine would end only when Lycurgus was dead, so the people tore him to pieces. Wow. Dionysus, kind of a dickhead. I was just about to say, he's supposed to be like a party animal, but that that's not no, nice. No, that's partying a little too hardy, my man. Number eight, Xochipilli from Mexico. Mm. Xochipilli is the Aztec god of homosexual prostitution. Known as the Flower Prince, Xochipilli is the Aztec god of art, games, dance, and song, but his main role is the patron of hallucinogenic plants and gay sex work. Sick. That's a sick portfolio. Yeah, I mean, that's interesting for a guy. You know, like, that's different than most gods. It's true. You don't have a lot of them that are in charge of hallucinogens and rent boys. Number nine, Cardia from Rome. What happens when you run out of divine jobs, but there are still unemployed goddesses? You get Cardia, the ancient Roman goddess of the door hinge. Okay. (laughs) That's all. That's all. That's all we know about her. Yep. That's all we got. Cardia, the goddess of the door hinge. Did they when even? I we guess know they who must to have damn. Had, we know who to damn hinge. when it's squeaky. I'm sorry. You're talking right over you. Go ahead. <laughs> that's all right. Listen, I can tell that this story about this painting got to you, and that's why you are trying to talk over me and keep me from getting to the next segment. Is it that obvious? I am frightened. You're you're clearly frightened because you got to be wondering, is it real? Is real? Shake it, Bavakasha. Hey. Well, I can tell you this much: the painting is real, and they do really cover it every exam. Cool. And students that sat next to it were said to fail. There is no record of these students stabbing their eye out in the middle of an exam and dying. But isn't that exactly what a college like this would want to cover up? God, they cover up stuff all... Have you seen... I mean, the the I don't want to bring it up, but the uh, essay figures, I mean, they fudge those on purpose all the time and it's actually awful so i wouldn't have a hard time believing a college would cover up something like this yes so i think the we're gonna have to give this one a a probably true i'm gonna give this one a probably true this this evil psychic painting and i think my theory is sound not to toot my own show oh i love your theory your theory i think you might have nailed it well thank you so yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna say is real i think i think is real as well i mean i don't see any reason why not i see no evidence to the contrary and i think it is capable of, of worse than just making you fail your test i think that those stories are, are kind of like warnings those eyeball you know because that, that that's what's going to end up happening it's only going to get worse 
Yeah, and you know, we've we've said it before on Uncle Monster, and we'll say it again. Where there's smoke, there's fire. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? If someone tells me that something is real, I believe them. Yep. It's the safest thing to do. Yeah, hey, they got no reason to lie. <laughs> and I'm not going to call them a liar. So yeah, 100% is real. And is that the red light from Uncle Monster? Oh my. Hey! Uncle Monster, how are you, my friend? I'm doing pretty good. That's uh, great. Thank you. Yeah, it is great to be doing good. <laughs> well, I'm I'm doing really well because I really enjoyed that episode, but I am a bit af- uh, uh, afraid of the fact that I don't know what to do with my time until the next one. You should watch a movie. That's a great idea, but which one? You should watch Bob Clark's Black Christmas. <laughs> the original? The original. Oh, the original. It starts Margot Kidder, and oh my god, she's so pretty in that movie. She's super pretty, Uncle Monster. And is that Uncle Monster 2? Hi, Shibble! Hi, Twofer, what's the latest from the greatest? Ah, I'm just hanging out with my brother, getting ready for the next episode, thinking of movies to suggest, stuff like that! Well, why don't you tell me what you're thinking in terms of suggestions? Well, if your black lab also shits in your car when he's nervous, then you should check out Frank Henenlotter's Frankenhooker. A guy's girlfriend dies in a lawnmower accident, and he rebuilds her with pieces of hookers. How great does that sound? But Boy, don't take my word for it, LeVar. I forgot that I wasn't going to take, well, that LeVar wasn't going to take Uncle Monster 2's word for it. That's true. Now, listeners, we've had a lot of fun here today. We made a lot of jokes, but there's one thing I'm pretty serious about, and that's that you should like and subscribe. (laughs) Or maybe even leave a comment or uh, share us to your social media, anything like that. You got your phone in your hand right now. Come on, dog. I'd do it for you. I seriously would. And uh, you should also (laughs) check out our social media. Uh, check out uh, us on Instagram at Uncle Monster Six, on uh, Blue Sky as Uncle Monster and you can find us on Patreon at Uncle Monster Six, where we've got a bunch of fun bonus episodes. And you can even check us out in our newest venture, YouTube, youtubecom podcast. Yeah, we hear that YouTube thing is is becoming big, so <laughs> we want to get on the bandwagon before it gets too big. That's right. We are going to be at the top of this pyramid scheme, everybody. <laughs> and you can ride with us on that rocket ship straight to the moon. So we look forward to seeing you on our socials. We look forward to seeing you on Patreon and YouTube. We look forward to seeing you next week. But most importantly, don't, don't get, get spooked. spooked.